is so good. Uh, as Pastor asked me this morning to sing tonight, and uh, I really prayed about it because I think it's important because you never know whether song or your testimony is going to touch a need that's in somebody's heart and somebody's life. You never know what battle they're fighting or what they're coming against. But when we pray, I feel like the Lord will lead and direct our steps. And this song kept coming to my mind. I hadn't tried to sing it in a long time, and I may have to stop and back up two or three times. But, you know, I'm singing as unto the Lord, not to uh, give you entertainment, but I promised the Lord a long time ago, Lord, if you'll save me and fill me with your spirit, I'll do anything I can, and I'll do the best that I can. And the Lord's blessed me over and over and over. And as I thought of this song, I've thought of the times when I was growing up, I never dreamed. I was not brought up in the church. And uh, I never dreamed that I'd ever even be away from the place called Blue Goose, Tennessee. And when I remember studying history and all the countries around the world, I never dreamed that I'd ever get to see any of those places. But you know, God's been good to me. And... Uh, we had a home, and the Lord seemed fit to take it, and it burned to the ground, and all we had was the clothes that was on our back. We didn't come out with anything, but you know what? The Lord has taught us so many lessons throughout our lives. You know, we lay up treasures here on earth, but it's, it's so, so useless. They don't really mean anything because they can be gone tomorrow. I don't care what you save for, I don't care what you try to purchase, they can be gone in just a few moments' time. We don't know what God has for us. But when I look around and I see, and this I think is one of our downfalls and something that is a plague to the Americans, is prosperity. And we see homes, we want finer homes, we want better things in our home, we want better furniture, prettier drapes, though the drapes we've got's nice. And we won't, we won't, we won't material things. But you know what, the last, the last few weeks, the Lord's been dealing with me, what about the spiritual things? What about the things that's really going to count? If we lay up treasures up there, that's all that's going to count. It's not what we lay up here. And I know my dad, he, money, 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 save your money, put your money in the bank. So what? The crash came once, it can come again, and it's not going to mean anything. It's not going to mean anything to any of us. But if we lay our treasures up there, men cannot get to that. They can't destroy that. And that's where we really need to put our, our treasures is up in heaven. We only have one life, and you know what? The older you get, the more you realize how fast it goes by. I'm not old, but it's going faster and faster, and we're heading headlong into eternity. Just worship the Lord as I try to sing this song, and think of the words as I try to sing this tonight. <clears throat> It matters so little how much you may own. The places you've been or the people you've known 
us just memories to keep only one life so soon it will pass only what's done for Christ will Give to Jesus all your days. It's the only life that pays. When you recall, you have but one life. You may take all the treasures from far away lands. Oh!
pleasures from a far away land. Take all the riches you can hold in your hands and take all the pleasures your riches can buy. The revival here in our church several got the Holy Ghost in that revival we're expecting the same in this revival and uh, this man is originally from Arizona and he's been working with brother James Larson at Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis Indiana but I'm glad he's here tonight open your heart unto God's word and unto his spirit as this man comes to preach the word of the Lord to us tonight. And let's sit in attendance and expect God to do something for us tonight in this place. Brother Clark, God bless you, sir. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. And I feel a tremendous flow of the Holy Ghost here. And I don't know what time it is. I don't know what all that everybody has on their mind. But I just want the Lord to be, well, he is being exalted in this service. And there is such an overwhelming presence of the Lord. I don't want to pass up this opportunity in the spirit of the Lord right here, right now, to let the Lord just continue to work on us. You see, in this service, the Lord has been breaking up our heart. Amen. And preparing us for other things. Amen. And I have a message in my heart that, Lord willing, I'm going to try to preach to you in just a little bit. If the Lord continues to lead that way. But I want us to sing this chorus again. And I want us to just reach out to the Lord. Lift our hands. Talk to the Lord. And I want us to really think about that. Amen. Because when all the... Everything is done... Amen. And when all the total totality of everything that we've done has come together and we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the Bible said in that day every man should be judged out of things done in this body, whether both good or bad. And the apostle in the third chapter of 1 Corinthians talked about six particular pieces of material that you could use to build with.
upon the foundation. He said, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hair, stubble. And six of those things, uh, or three of those things can be burned, and three of those things aren't going to be burned. And there's just a lot of wood, hay, and stubble that we've got accumulated in our life. And uh, I've got a wood stack uh, spiritually like you wouldn't believe over the last 18 years that I've been in Pentecost. And you probably have things like that too. And it's all going to be burned up because it was good, all right. But the Greek of that word in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 says good for nothing. Wasn't good for very much nothing. We build with a lot of things that just are not good for anything. I want the Lord to help us to realize that we are destined people. And I feel a very heavy spirit of destiny in this revival. I have for months thought about it, prayed about it, sought God, spent time fasting, and during the day I just begin to feel it, begin to roll in on me, just the burden of the Lord and just different things that I have felt and feel. And I just want God to help us to be eternally conscious tonight. I know that we are, but all oh, that God could become God of our entire life. Amen, and have his way in our heart. Amen. I know we're standing, but let's stand a little while longer, if you don't mind. And let's sing this chorus. You folks help me lead it. I'm not really a singer. You probably... Oh, let's lift our hands. Talk to the Lord. Is that the way you really feel about it? Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Remember
Let's sing it one more time before we move on. Every heart, remember. Oh, let it get deep in your spirit tonight. Thank God. Remember. Oh, yes. Live for Christ. Worship him together. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, let's hunger after him tonight. Oh, let's come thirsty to the master's table. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. We need your apostolic power. Hallelujah. Solamo shalama kasatoriala. Ilamo sotoriala masha. Kishamarotosha. Isoriala masha talamakushaniala mahaya. Yimesha. For the world that you face and the world that you live in is facing a time and a place. They are headed toward a place called Armageddon, for I have said it in my word. And there is a disturbance in the land, and you have felt it, and it has moved from one country to another country. But I also am Lord, and I would want you to know that my spirit is moving. And though this world is set for judgment, though this world is set for destruction, I would say unto you that I have left my church still in this world. And I know that there are those that are weary, and I know that there are those that have longed for my coming, and yea, I will come. I will come. But before I come, I would remind you that I have set you in this world to be a light. And you stand between them and an antichrist. You stand between them and an Armageddon. Will you not lift up your eyes and look on the fields? Will you not weep for those that are lost? Will you not let go of things that have hindered you from the real revival that I would want to give you? And will you not come and bow your knees before me and lay before me and seek my face? For I want to move, I desire to move, and I will move. Yeah, I am moving. But there is more that I would impart to my church and I would give to my people. Open your heart to me this night and let me take you and bring you by steps into greater places. For I am the Lord and I change not. And I say weep for your world and love them for they have no love but that which I have given you for I am the Lord. I thank you Lord Jesus. 
Okay, thank you, Lord Jesus. So many things tonight in this service that have just deepened a burden in my heart and I thought about all of the people that are growing cold in their spirit and backsliders and sinners and I pray that God will just reach out amen some of them aren't in this service tonight Only God knows, I suppose, and maybe a few others while they're not here. And I'm burdened for them, and I wish you'd just continue to lift these folks up in prayer. Amen. God wants to restore them. Amen. I really believe that. Praise God. And I believe before this week's over, we can see them back with their hands lifted, praying through to the Lord. I really mean that, church. Amen. I have seen a lot of backsliders pray through the last couple of weeks. I was in a 10-week meeting right before I left to go uh, home for Christmas. And in that particular meeting, not only were we having brand new people pray to do the Holy Ghost, and that's always great, but it was so wonderful to see the people that had drifted away come back and, and pray back through to God. One service I was in, we started church... 10 o'clock that morning and it wasn't until after 2 o'clock that we got out of that service the Holy Ghost just fell so strongly in that service and a particular family came to the front and began to pray and, and seek the Lord the Holy Ghost was just on them and they prayed back through and, and I was in revival there 3 weeks after that and they never missed a service I mean God brought them back and they prayed back through and, and uh, it was just great God wants to reach out and renew people some folks may not be backslidden, maybe. We'll just say maybe they're cold in their spirit. They've drifted a little bit. Well, God wants to draw them, too, and renew them. Praise God. Well, we're glad to be back uh, in the house of the Lord and good to be back in Beaverton, Oregon, with Brother and Sister King and their family. It's good to see everything that God has done here in this church, and uh, we're excited about uh, what you're doing here for God. I could make a lot of comments about a lot of things that I've heard tonight, but I want to just move right into the Word of God here, and uh, maybe we can say a few more things later on in another service. Praise God. I really want the Holy Ghost just to move on us tonight here. If you don't have the Holy Ghost tonight in this service, you can receive the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. You don't have to wait till we finish preaching because I'm sure that I won't get done. So don't wait on me. Amen. You know, when, when babies are going to be born, they just they, they change things around. I've got three, and so I know a little bit about that. 
But uh, and when you just get hungry, you just go right on, lift your hands and lift your heart. You want the Holy Ghost, we'll stop preaching and come down there and pray with you a while. It doesn't make any difference. We just want God to have his way here tonight. Praise God. Praise God. I want to read from the seventh chapter of Isaiah and beginning at verse 10. I want to preach something here tonight that may not, uh, it's, it's not really the kind of message I normally preach in beginning a revival, but uh, I want to inspire your faith. And I don't really, uh, I'm not trying to be controversial tonight. I don't want to be misunderstood. But I do feel like the Holy Ghost is talking to all of us tonight. And I want to just be able to break out of anything and everything that would hinder me from revival. You feel that way? Praise God. I, I don't want anything to stop me. I've already come too far now. Amen. You say that's a lot of years. No, I'm not talking about years. I'm talking about when I first walked down an altar and repented. That was too far to go back. Amen. Already come too far. Hallelujah. So I want to be able to give it everything that I've got. And then some more after that too. Praise God. I want to talk to you about God's confirmation tonight. Amen. And I want to read from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 10. Moreover. The Lord spake again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David. It is a small thing for you to weary men, but will ye weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat, that ye may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that thou abhortest shall be forsaken of both her kings. That's about how quick it's going to be, in other words, for God to bring about this thing in the particular setting of Isaiah 7 we'll talk about for just a little bit. Praise God. And so he said, I want you to ask a sign. He said, no, I'm not going to tempt the Lord. Well, that hypocrite. I don't have time to go into all what this means, the literal text here. I'm not going to spend too much time. But, oh, he didn't want to ask a sign of God because he wasn't interested in the ways of God. He didn't want to walk God's pathway. He had his own plans. He was trusting in Assyria. What a strange thing because Assyria later turned on him. He didn't want to ask God for a sign because he knew if he asked God for a sign, God would give a sign. And if God gave a sign, he'd have to do things according to God's plan and God's pattern. But he was more interested in doing his own thing, doing, going his own way. So to get out from under the pressure, he said, I'm not going to tempt God. You're not tempting God when God tells you to ask. 
He said, ask for a sign. Well, you may be seated. The Lord bless you. Amen. Praise God. Let's clap our hands to the Lord, shall we? I believe that we really are on the brink of experiencing a great, tremendous, wonderful, apostolic revival. Now you might expect an evangelist to say that, but really it is the truth. I really believe that with all my heart. I would not waste your good precious time tonight with just formalities and cliche sayings that you have heard if you've been around church a few years, but it is the truth tonight. I really believe that God is visiting his people. Amen. There is a great spiritual awakening happening to us. When I say us, I am referring to the American church. And that's why, uh, that's who I'm preaching to tonight. The American church, that has been uh, my concern. And that's why I've traveled so widely across America. Because I have a burden for this nation. And I want to see as many people in this nation saved and turned around and come back to God. And it can happen. We can reach the multitude for God. And there is a tremendous awakening in the church from the preacher on down. There is a great climate of revival taking place in our churches and I am thankful for it. And I know there's a lot of other things that are happening and seems like that uh, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more distinctly it appears to me that you're either going to be on one side or the other. A lot of folks, we were talking about this at dinner today or at the table today, a lot of people that seem to be in the middle ground that uh, couldn't seem to put all their heart in the living for God, well, some of them have prayed through and they're on the front row spiritually. And uh, the rest of them are backslidden in the world living for the devil. Some of them have lost their faith. Some of them have denied the faith. They've become apostate. They've become heretics. I know because I lost my very best friend to false doctrine. Amen. So I know what I'm talking about. And so you're either going to be on one side or the other. Well, if you've got the Holy Ghost and you've got it. Amen. And you need to be filled up and overflowing with it. Because that is the type of day and hour that we are living in. Praise God. So we are experiencing revival. And this revival that is coming to us, that's happening, uh, it will reach out beyond our borders. Uh, and it will fill the void and the hunger that is in the heart of the populace that are out there that are searching us. Uh, and they are looking for what we have. We have the answer, people. We really got what they're looking for. Amen. I don't mean to sound... the 
proud or arrogant about that, but I'm just telling you a simple fact tonight. They are looking for what we preach in this church tonight when we talk about this one God, apostolic, uh, Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, blood wash message uh, that delivers and keeps us from sin uh, and from the powers of darkness. Uh, they are looking for a message uh, and a people that are unchanging, uh, unwavering, uh, not compromising, uh, but they love the message of holiness uh, and they are willing to live dedicated, holy, separated lives uh, unto God who loved them uh, and shed his blood for them. Let's clap our hands to the Lord tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to help me preach tonight. Amen. And so, there are some things that are presently transpiring in the world and in the church simultaneously that are helping us laden down apathetic Pentecostal American people have this revival that we say we're so interested in. <laughs> Hallelujah, is that all right? Amen. That's just for introduction, that's all. God help us. We say that we want revival. All you folks fanning, you're making me hot up here. Hallelujah. I wasn't nearly so hot till you started fanning. <laughs> we say we're so hungry for revival. Oh, we really do. Kind of reminds me of Isaiah who said, Oh Lord, that thou wouldest win the heavens. Remember that? Isaiah 64. That thou wouldest come down. That the mountains might flow down at thy presence. And, they, and he said, uh, we want you to come down. And, and then when God came down, he said, when thou didst terrible things uh, that we look not for. Hallelujah. We pray for God to come down uh, and we pray for God to move. Uh, and when he comes down, he does some terrible things. He does some things that we're not expecting. Boy, I got everybody's attention now, don't I? He does some terrible things. This is great, isn't it? Oh, we need God to move in our hearts uh, and in our souls uh, and in our life. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we have got to have a touch of God upon our life. Amen. We have got to have a touch of God upon our heart. And dear God, we need to hear the preaching of the word of the Lord. We really do. We really need to be preached to. And I consider all of the influence of the educator and politics and television and all of that business, the impact of all of that upon us. And then you go out in the world and you hear all the ideas of men and, and that spirit erodes on the church. And then you only come to church a few days a week and you're only there a few hours of the week. And that's about all the time that you have together because of everything pulling on you, going hither and thither. I say, dear God, Wash us by the word of the Lord. You may not remember everything that's been said today. And you surely won't remember everything you've heard in preaching today. But dear God, help us tonight. Something needs to happen to us when we hear the preaching of the word of God. When we hear the word of God expounded like we did this morning. I pray God wash our mind. God wash our spirit. Let there be a transforming in the church of the living God by the power of of his word. 
praise God. Now, if we are going to have the revival that uh, God wants us to have, I do have something to say here tonight, really. Then, uh, okay, thank you. But if we are going to, there has got to be a revival among us of the second commandment that is found in the book of Exodus. And it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know what our problem is? I'm going to tell you real quick. And thank God you said there's not a lot of visitors here because Brother Clark's going to embarrass us all. You want me to preach to you, don't you? You don't want me to preach to the church in Indiana because you're not in Indiana. You don't want me to preach to the church in Arizona because you're not in Arizona. So let's preach to the church in Beaverton, Oregon tonight. Amen. But you see, he is very jealous for us. Amen. And if we are going to have all of his blessing and all of his benefits, uh, we're going to have to put our all in him, trusting in him. We quote the scripture, for in him dwelleth all the fullness uh, of the Godhead bodily, uh, and ye are complete in him. And I think we are in our mind thinking about the one God application of that verse in him, Jesus Christ. But we forget that we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. You don't need another God besides Jesus Christ. And so there must be a revival of that verse in our heart. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. God is so jealous and he is so limited sometimes among us. The Holy Ghost has been talking to me about this for weeks and weeks now and it is so very true that God wants to come near his church and do greater things in his church and greater things for his people but he cannot Brother King because we have so many other things to lean upon. We are so many other things that are actually gods to us. Amen. Praise the Lord. We have looked to so many other things for strength. And I pray that the Holy Ghost, amen, will just straighten all this out in our minds. And, and I'm not trying to be controversial, but I come to tell you tonight out of my heart as a man of God, in the fear of the Lord, I come to tell you that we have trusted in so many things. And you know what I see happening in America? You know what I see the Lord doing? I see such a shaking in our economy and in our nation that God is tearing down every God that we trust in. He is working in such a way that we are losing faith in governments. We are losing faith in military power. We are losing faith in doctors. We're losing faith in medicine. We're losing faith in social security. We're losing faith in job security. We're losing faith in insurance policies. We're losing faith in automobiles. We're losing faith in the industry. We're losing faith in education. We're losing faith in every God and stronghold that we have built around our life. But in the midst of all of that, thank God that we're learning to stand on our knees and lift our hands and trust Jesus and he will work for us because he is our God and he wants to be our God tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. 
Amen. Oh God, give us a people that are not bound. And you can talk about a lot of controversy about some of those things. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time. I didn't come here to argue with anybody. It just boils down to one thing. Do you really want revival or not? Do you really want to see God work or not? If we could get our eyes on Him and be tuned into Him and have faith in Him and trust Him exclusively and nothing else, we wouldn't have to worry about it. It would happen. We would experience an overwhelming move of God that will fill up this church and you'll have to put chairs out because there'll be so many folks that'll want to break your door down to get in this church to see what you have. They are looking. They are searching because they worked for years and years and years and they lost their pension. They put all their energy into things and they see them crumble right before them. They have been so distressed and so disturbed and they've looked to religion and religion has not filled the void. They've looked to entertainment but it has made some so sick in their quest for blood and their thirst for all of that. They are not happy. They are not satisfied. They are perplexed. They are disturbed. And here we are tonight talking about one God, Jesus Christ. We've got what they're looking for. And just about the time they get ready to reach out to what we've got, we want to compromise. And let down and deny the faith just about the time God's ready to send the revival we want to put our trust in other things and it happened to this man by the name of Ahaz this king here who in the middle of his trial with the, the Syrian army you can read it later on I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it God had brought about a temporary victory for this king and in the middle of all of that he was getting ready God knew the condition of the heart and he was getting ready to put his faith and his trust in the Assyrian power to help deliver him because he saw a change of attitude in the Israelites and in the Syrians who had become formidable foes and he realized that under his own might and power he was not able to overcome their oppression but there had been a temporary victory from that oppression but he realized it was still in their heart to come up to Jerusalem and to take that city and to destroy it. He himself had already been overthrown. His army had lost a very crucial war against these two as they had combined against them before. And they had taken Ahaz and taken captive men out of that city and they had taken them to captivity. But a prophet by the name of Obed had come to the king of Israel and prophesied to them and said, let your brethren go. And so they let them go and they returned back to the city of Jerusalem and there was a somewhat of a, a lagging of time there but when Ahaz got word the second verse I believe it is says uh, that he got word that they were still going to come up against this nation and try to destroy it uh, and set another king there his heart began to melt uh, and so he began to send messengers uh, he was getting ready to send messengers to uh, the Assyrian Empire for help uh, but before he did that the Lord spoke to the prophet 
prophet Isaiah said, get up and go forth and meet Ahaz and said, give him this word from me. And the word simply was, ask me a sign and I will show you the sign that I will give you total victory over your enemies. Let me show you that I will take you through the valley. I will take you through the dark hour. I will take you through the trial. I'll take you through the hardship. Let me show you that I will be your God and everything will be alright. All you've got to do is ask for a sign and I'll give you a sign. So he said, ask it. Ask it in height, ask it in depth. I want you to know. And when he prophesied about a son uh, that was going to come, uh, Ahaz may not have understood it, but thank God we understand it tonight because Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. And Isaiah 9 and 7 it said of the increase uh, of his government and peace there shall be no end. He uh, simply was saying here that God was going to bring about a son, a virgin born son uh, who would one day come uh, and set up his kingdom uh, and would destroy all the kingdoms of man uh, and Israel would reign with him uh, and rule with him uh, and we uh, shall rule and reign with him. Uh, and that was the sign that he gave to Ahaz. Uh, he was simply telling him that through Jesus Christ uh, they had ultimate victory through Jesus Christ they did not have to fear they did not have to worry about tomorrow they did not have to worry about their security they were secure in him but you know what we have a problem with we have so much a problem with our faith because faith involves an element of the, the things that are unsure we trust so many other things because we understand those things we can look at it in black and white but we don't understand the certain mysterious element about faith. There is an unknown there. There is a trial of faith. There is a time that God tests us and we don't know just what's happening or just what the outcome is. If we could just put our hand on it, somebody stands up and says, if I just knew what was happening, if I just knew what was going on, and it is for reasons like that that we choose to trust other things that we feel like we know what's happening and we can be sure of the outcome and that's why he wanted to trust Assyria because that was something that he felt like he could understand armies and men and swords and shields and chariots and horses but this sign about a virgin born son eating butter and honey I don't understand what that's all about that sounds too mysterious to me just a little bitty child, you're sitting here telling me about a virgin born son. What in the world are you talking about? And that takes a lot of faith for an unbelieving king like him. Wasn't full of faith. Hold on. And you know what he did? He turned right around after Isaiah left him and he sent an imp, a group of people to the Assyrian king. And the Lord told him that he said, you don't even realize, fella, that the thing you're trusting in is going to later on turn around and become your enemy. And that's exactly what Assyria later on did. They turned around and themselves set up themselves against Judah and began to war against them, although they were not taken by that nation. But yet the thing that they trusted in turned around and became their enemy. 
Amen. Warned them in chapter 6 and verse 1, and he said that he would heal them. After two days, the Lord would revive them, and they would be revived and live in his sight. There were some things that God tore down among them. And in the fourth chapter of Hosea, and verse number 12, it said, My people ask counsel at their stocks and at their stocks and their staff declareth unto them for the spirit of whoredoms hath caused them to err they have gone a whoring from under their god they sacrifice upon tops of mountains uh, and burn incense upon the hills uh, under oaks uh, and poplars and elms uh, because the shadow thereof is good uh, he's talking about the whoredoms that they committed uh, and he said in isaiah 6 that god had torn them you know what god tore them from uh, he tore them from their idolatry you can read the book of malachi zechariah haggai you can read about nehemiah and uh, ezra you can read those books of restoration uh, and you will find that after 70 years of captivity uh, when they came back to israel uh, i know that they had problems uh, and that there always are going to be uh, but you will find that israel never had one problem uh, with idolatry uh, you'll find that they never set up one idol uh, they never set up one grove uh, i want you to know that after 70 years uh, of captivity God uh, had totally uh, purged that nation from idolatry uh, he totally tore down in their spirit that lust uh, that love that abhorring uh, after those idols and they began to have uh, the revival that God wanted them to have under Ezra and under Nehemiah I pray God tonight uh, that he will tear down uh, the idols of the American church I thank God I see it happening. And there's a certain affluence that we want to keep up with. There are things that we like to identify with. And every once in a while, I begin to think about some things uh, that I feel are coming to us. Uh, and I begin to wonder what life is going to be like without some of those things that we are so comfortable in that we become so secure in because we don't have to pray for the key because we've got everything we need. All right. We've got doctors that will tell us more than we can understand. Might as well be talking Latin, some of them. Amen. That's where they get it from anyway, Latin. That's right. Come on, you knew that. Sure you did. If I knew it, I know you had to. Praise God. I say thank God. I see it happening. Amen. And it's putting folks on their face, praying and seeking God. And you know what it's doing? It's bringing us closer together because sometimes we are so disassociated with what is happening in our own body, our own local assembly. Amen. You folks on this side of the church, look over here at those folks. You folks over here, look at them. Do you folks know what's going on on the other side of the church? I mean, you sit over here so long, you don't even know if everybody over there is usually over there, is even over there. Did you catch that? And sometimes we are so disassociated with things that are happening in our own body. 
We don't even know what's going on in the church. There can be hurts in the church. We don't even understand. We don't even know. You get up and say, pray for sister so-and-so. And somebody says, I didn't even know she was sick. She's past sick. She's seriously sick. We should have been over there, visited her, prayed the prayer of faith in Jesus' name. And they should have been lifted up and been back in the house of God. God, help us to look around and understand what is happening in our own body, in our own church, among our own assembly. Praise God. And so God wants to tear down our idols. And I say thank God for the change. Praise God. Amen. Because he wants to do great things in his church. Amen. When King Uzziah died, Isaiah went to the temple and he began to pray and seek the Lord. He lost something that for 52 years, some 50 years, uh, had been very glorious. This king reigned longer than any king in Israel. 52 years he was reigned. At 16 years of age he began to reign. And he was a righteous man for a very long time lived God, followed God, walked after God, brought about revival in that nation. But toward the latter years of his life, he began to drift. And he went into the house of the Lord and began to burn incense. And Zechariah, or Ahaziah, I think it was, told him, the priest, he said, it's not the will of God for you to do that. You've been a great king. You've been a good king. And, uh, you know, that's fine. But look, you're getting into an area that does not belong to you. It is for the priests only. But he pushed on in his own way. And he sinned against God. And God could not bypass his sin. God would not overlook his transgression. And so right there, the Bible said that God smote the man with leprosy. He became a leper and was put out of the congregation of the Lord and he died in a state, a pitiful state a slow death as leprosy eat away at his body and when he finally died something came over this man Isaiah. There was an emptiness. There was a loneliness. He was a father in Israel. He was a strong man. He was a man that you could have faith in. You could mark it down and understand uh, that his motives were pure. Uh, and Isaiah, a prophet, a man of God, uh, had put so much faith in him, uh, so much trust, uh, but something began to happen. I personally believe, uh, really, that this man, Uzziah, was an idol in his life. And suddenly, his idol was gone. And he said, I had better pray. My Lord, he said, I don't know who's going to get in the office. I don't know who's going to be king. I don't know what's going to happen. All those little striving spirits that he had been able to, by his strong leadership, to keep down in the nation. 52 years of prosperity and bliss. But he was gone. And he went not dying in the faith. But as an example of God's holiness is required of all men. And he began to pray and seek the Lord. And he said, in the temple, he saw this vision of the Lord. And you know why I believe God showed him a vision of holiness? Was because that King Uzziah died a leper. And he was letting Isaiah know that my law of holiness is required of all men. And no matter who you are, if you don't live holy, you're going to suffer under the curse. And he began to show 
This man, Isaiah, that no matter how powerful you are, whether you're a king in the palace, my word is above all things. He was reaffirming to Isaiah that I am the Lord I am God and Isaiah I want to be your God I don't want you to trust in another I don't want you to trust in anything but the Lord and he saw this vision of the holy angels of God and he heard them saying holy 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 the Lord God Almighty and he said the whole earth is filled with his glory he began to reaffirm in Isaiah's heart that God is Lord over all the earth. He is God over everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. He is God over all the things. Amen. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showed forth his handiwork. Day under day utter speech and night under night sort knowledge. There is no city, no nation, no place in the world. Amen. Where their voice is not heard. The by night are the preachers of the sky and in the earth as he set a tabernacle in the heavenly bodies he said the sun is like a tabernacle it is a witness to all the world of the supremacy of God almighty and he re-identified this in Isaiah's heart he wanted him to be his God and to put his entire trust in him and Isaiah said woe is me for I am undone and I am a man of unclean lips he began to pray through I believe this man Isaiah tore down some idols in his life and began to realize that if he was ever 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 going to please God he must learn to walk by faith and an apostolic church has got to learn that you know why I believe the early church had such phenomenal revival I'll tell you why I believe it's because they did not care about things I told you I don't usually preach a message like this on the first night of revival. But I'm preaching faith tonight. They did not care about things. They totally disassociated themselves with things. The things that we think are valuable. Jesus said a man's life consists not of the abundance of the things that he possesses. That is not the summation of what life is all about. And the sooner we learn that, the better off we are. And they were not afraid to lose things. They were not bound to things. They were not married to things. Those things were not their God. Their God was Jesus Christ and Him alone. And they were not afraid to suffer for the name. And when the church does not care about herself in that respect you are going to experience revival they were not afraid to go to the catacombs they were not afraid to have themselves strewn across strewn across logs and and stretched on stretchers while they had hot tar dripped on their midsection and they screamed out to God to help them and to bless their those who worked against them and all they said if you'll just let go and disavow your faith in God we'll let your mother go or we'll let your father go and they said no I won't do it and so they just let the hot tar drip on their stomach and and burned them at the stake and sawed them in half and uh, they took John and put him in a pot of oil and he wouldn't even and die the preacher was so tough <laughs> tough preachers hallelujah thank God for them they were not afraid to suffer 
But we can't even come to church because we got a headache. See. Amen. And we come up to get prayed for because we got a toothache. Now, I personally, personally don't think that that's what James meant when he said, call for the elders of the church and let them pray for you with oil. Anoint those that are sick. I understand that that word in the Greek means those that are seriously sick. And I don't think he was talking about a headache because you're spinning the door so fast. You drove so fast on the freeway, you got a headache fighting traffic, and now you've got a headache, and so you come down and you want to get prayed for. I don't think that's what James was talking about when he said, call for the elders. Somebody goes outside all day without a cold on in cold weather, and then they come to church, they got a call, and they want me to pray for them. I'm not going to lay hands on them. God gave them enough brains to put a cold on, and if they get a cold because of that, they can just suffer with it. Don't ask me to pray for you. Don't put a coat on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. We get all sick and tired and say, what's wrong? Well, I haven't been eating good for several days. Well, go eat. Go take care of yourself. They want us to pray for them because of their having problems. And really, some of them just need to have more, a little more rest or have a better diet or whatever. Somebody said, I wake up feeling bad every day. I don't know what it is. I just sit around all night and eat till dinner's over the morning, night, you know. And they wake up not feeling good. They want us to pray for them. Why, well, bless God, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm not going to lay hands on you. And we come down to get prayed for some churches I've been to, Brother King. The same folks come trotting down every service to get prayed for. Somebody asked me in one church, they said, how come you don't lay hands on all these folks? I said, you want to really honestly know why? So I told them. said, I'm not laying hands on all those folks. No way. And I said, you want to know something further? I said, I don't believe God's going to touch them until they straighten up. So I said, I'll pray for them, but I'm not going to lay hands on them. Well, I'm still talking about revival. Praise God. I've already been here before, so I already feel at home, folks. Those of you that don't know me, I already feel at home in case you hadn't guessed. Hallelujah. They didn't care. They weren't afraid to suffer. But we, oh, God help us. Amen. That trial you're going through right now, I, you say, I'm praying that God will deliver me out of that trial. I'm praying that God will take you through it. I'm not necessarily praying that God will deliver you from that. Amen. The Bible said, in the valley, he restoreth my soul. Amen. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley. The beautiful thing about it was David said, I'm walking through. I'm not turning around going back. I'm not trying to see how I got in it so I can get out of it. I'm walking through the valley, and God's going to take me through the valley. Because as sure as I came in, I will come out on top. Praise God. And so God is very jealous for his church. And he wants us to believe him and to trust him. And he said, no flesh is going to glory in my presence. When I have my revival in my church, it's going to sweep through the church. And the young folks aren't going to be passing notes and chewing bubble gum and combing their hair. They're not going to be sitting around looking at the same old light fixture they've seen for God only knows how long. But they're going to have their hands up, lifting their hands. Praising God, talking in tongues, glorifying God because they're not ashamed of Him. Hallelujah. I said, God's jealous for His church. He said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And oh, hallelujah, when we get to the place that we have torn down idols in our life things that we trust in 
Amen. When we tear those things down, you are going. I was in a service just the other night, and it was so wonderful the way the Lord moved in miraculously in that service and touched Sister Kelly and healed her. She had been in the hospital and had several operations and was under a lot of pain the entire time that she was there. And I had forgotten, but the Holy Ghost spoke to me. She came up the top of the stairs and told me to pray for her that night. And I, I just knew sometime we're supposed to pray for her in that service. And I prayed for her in that service. The Holy Ghost began to move and began to minister deeply, and, and God touched in that service uh, and uh, the Lord spoke to me and again and he said tell her to dance he said if she dances just, just tell her to get up and dance and worship God and she didn't feel like dancing uh, no more than this particular man a service a few years ago when I prayed for him the Holy Ghost said tell this man to run and this man had a crippling disease brother King from his waist down he could hardly walk let alone run I had no idea that was his problem but the Holy Ghost said tell the man to run and I will heal him so I said start running around the building and I said God will heal you he took off going around the building, and he was just going like this. And I thought, dear God, that's about how some folks are. You know, I was thinking all this to myself. I didn't know the man had a crippling disease. I just knew what the Holy Ghost said. said, tell him to run. And so I said, run. Don't run around the building. It's just crazy things. You know, you never can't tell what God's going to tell you to do. Just do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But several weeks before, several men had a vision in the church that this man was running. I said, run. So he starts around the building, and I thought, well, bless God, hallelujah, I feel it. Whether he does it or not, that's his own business. Amen. So he got halfway around the church, and he told us later, he said, I felt a warm presence come over my waist all the way down. And he said, and I saw him. He stood back in the back of the church for a minute, and God instantly healed him, and he started running. And when he ran, he just tore that church up, and everybody just, the whole thing just went up and smoked that night. And while everybody was so excited because they knew what it was, I stood there, and I said, well, thank God it's about time that guy got to running. Hallelujah. Then they told me later, I thought, oh God, have mercy. Hallelujah. I told Sister Kelly and I said, get up and start dancing. She looked at me like, are you crazy? I don't feel good at all. I am under terrible pain. And I have been, in, you know, she was thinking all this in her mind. And I didn't know. I thought, I told her later, I, said, I thought maybe you just had a headache. I, I, was, I had forgot all about the other business. I said, get up and start dancing. I said, I feel like telling you that. So then I went over to her a few minutes later and I said, well, I said, you just do what you want to. She said, sit there if you want. I said, I don't really care. I said, but if you get up and dance, I said, God will give you healing. A few minutes later, I mean, she took off dancing, friend. God healed her. Right then. Hallelujah. Amen. And when we just learn to let go and trust God. I'm telling you, sometimes you don't need to know what the doctor thinks about your situation. You need to listen to what the man of God says about your situation. Praise God. Hallelujah. And when we learn to just let go and trust God, God will confirm his word with signs following. You know what God's confirmation is? He came into the world. He gave his life. He shed his blood. He died on the cross. He rose again and sent back the Holy Ghost. That's enough confirmation for anybody. For the lead God, I'm telling you, if a man can say it and come back from the dead, I'm going to believe in him and trust him and have faith in his words. Praise God. And so when we learn just to step out, and I feel it coming, I see it coming, I feel God leading us into a dimension of faith uh, that we have prayed for, uh, we have sought after, uh, we have hungered for, uh, we have walked the floors, uh, and I see in the world uh, our gods are trembling before us, uh, and they are falling, uh, and I see in the church different people God using uh, in their lives, just the one here and one there, uh, learning to step out, uh, uh, things falling apart in their life, uh, learning to put faith in God, 
uh, complete faith. Uh, and I see that beginning to get a hold of churches. Uh, amen. God is trying to lead us to a place uh, where there is nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing uh, more important to him, to us, than him. Uh, his work, uh, his cause, uh, his purpose. Uh, it'll put you out of bed 5.30 in the morning uh, with your feet on the floor with the mind. Uh, let come over to the church. Uh, drive your car over here in a cold morning uh, and pray uh, and seek God before you go to work. Uh, it'll push you back from your table uh, to do a little bit of fasting uh, and you'll find folks getting the Holy Ghost uh, in the vestibule, uh, in the parking lot, uh, in the middle of service, uh, in the back of church, uh, in the baptismal tank, uh, in the Bible studies uh, because God has become our God uh, and we've learned to put faith in Him. Let's lift our hands right now and praise the Lord together. Hello, what are we doing here? What are we doing here, Lord? Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank God. Oh, I tell you what. I, I feel some resistance in here tonight. I feel some resistance here. Amen. You can feel the pressure. Amen. For several days, been feeling this demon of apathy. I was in a church the other day and I bumped into him. So help me God, I did. Ran right into, and for days in this particular church, I had felt the same spirit. And it really bothered me. And I finally, I bumped into this church. I was in prayer before service. And I was just walking through the church praying. We were all praying, the saints of God. And I ran into a physical being in that service. And I said, and I stopped a minute. I was so startled. I stopped and I said to myself, that's the same thing I've been feeling for days. And I said, what in the world is this? I mean, I was ready to rebuke him right then, but I wanted to know what I was rebuking first. I knew it was the devil. I thought, what kind of devil? And I began to pray. The Lord spoke to my heart about apathy. I knew that was it because I, had feel, I felt that thing shed on me when I came there. You know, every once in a while you just feel saved. You don't feel like you need to pray. You don't feel that stirred. And I had felt that spirit settle down on me. And I had a time praying in that revival. Because I didn't really feel like praying very much. I didn't feel like studying that diligently. You know what? That spirit of apathy got on me. I felt it at the pastor's home. And I didn't really like it, but I just kind of went under. I rode under it. And the Lord spoke to me during this revival of this church. He said they go up about this high, you know, and they have a good service. Then they come back down. He said that spirit has set on this church and won't let them go any further until they bind together and rebuke that spirit of apathy. And he said, we are, he told me, he said, this church, he said, they have a good time, they have a great time, and they are satisfied with what they have. And I knew we was going to have a good service that night. I knew we was going to have a good service here tonight. I just knew we would. I knew we would. And we are. We're having a great time. And I just got totally beside myself. And so I began to rebuke that devil in that service. And the Lord said, go get the pastor, pray together, and both of you bind that spirit in this service. And I thought, oh, no, God, I don't want to do that. He'll think I'm crazy. You know, the preacher, I didn't want to go get him. And so I thought, no, I'll just pray. And, and uh, I, I feel like you're talking to me. He said, no, go get him. I said, you really mean business, huh, God? You want me to go tell him, huh? I said, all right. So I went on and said, brother, so-and-so, so blah, 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 blah. You know, and he looked at me and said, that's right. I said, let's pray. So I thought, he doesn't think I'm crazy after all. 
And we prayed. And about halfway through the service, I mean, the Holy Ghost just fell in that place. You couldn't preach if you wanted to preach. There was no way. You couldn't say anything. I mean, the Holy Ghost just swept through there, and I just wanted to go hide somewhere. Whew. I'm telling you, church, we have power over the enemy. Praise God. Now, I don't know just exactly what is f struggling against this church. I have prayed about it today. Amen. <clears throat> because I felt it in this service this morning. Amen. And, and I don't know. I, I'm going to pray about it until I find out. But I'm just telling you tonight, God wants to give this church revival that you have never written in the history book of this church. It's here in this service. I feel it. I see it. Amen. I sat here this morning as I began to listen. And I listened to the worship and the praise and, and all of that. And I told Pastor Leila, I said, I don't even know why you even why I'm even here. You know, you've got three men of God that came to you today and preached. And I thought, with all the power, all the glory of God, I said, thank God that I'm here just to enjoy all this and be strengthened by it myself. I'm telling you, God is here and God wants to do great things. What we need to do is just unshackle our faith. And have no other gods but him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm telling you, you can get the Holy Ghost in here if you don't have it. You can be healed right now in your body if you're not healed. God can perform a miracle for, for you folks tonight that need a miracle right here. Amen. I'm telling you, anything can happen. Amen. It's faith in God. Which God? I'm talking about Jesus. The only God. Lord, what are we doing? Come on, let's let our faith go. Come on, let's let our faith go right now. No telling what God wants to do in this building tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is able tonight. You need the Holy Ghost? Do I got the Holy Ghost? You want the Holy Ghost tonight? Let's come up here and stand right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, stand up here. Gotta give you the Holy Ghost. Seek God with all your heart. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, anything can happen here tonight. Amen. You need to get serious, hungry. That's right. Get thirsty for the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, give us hunger. What we need tonight. Without you, we shall be lost. We need the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. Come on. Open up to it.
Christ talking in tongues, folks. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God. Hallelujah. That's why you let God talk. You don't have to understand that. Yeah. That's why I let the Lord say that. That's it. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Come on, we're talking about God's confirmation tonight. Praise God. Thank God for pouring out the Holy Ghost. You need to love that. You need to enjoy that. It's a word of God to talk in tongues. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Pull down some idols. Let's tear down some idols, apostolics. Let's tear down some idols. You want the glory of God? You're going to have to sacrifice every idol. You're going to have to put it all on the altar. You're going to have to give it all to God. If you want God's glory, you can't have God in riches. You can't have God in manna. you got to have God, 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 and nothing else. You pray for it. It's the will of God to rejoice. You've been fasting. It's the will of God to have to take it by force tonight. Folks, let's worship God. Now nah, we got all kinds of time here. Hallelujah. tonight. Let's get filled up. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank God. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
Some of you folks in here that need a renewing tonight. Why don't you get it tonight? Let's go on and have revival the rest of this week. Some of you young people that need a new touch from the Lord. Why don't you get the renewing that you need in your spirit tonight? Let God rebaptize you with the Holy Ghost. That's what we're praying about. Hallelujah. Anybody else want the Holy Ghost? Let's come up, come up here and pray a while. You need a renewing of the Holy Ghost? Come on, come on up here and let the Lord touch you tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Stand up. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, quit letting the devil lie to us tonight. He's a liar. Turn me up a little bit back there, please. Turn me up just a little bit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Quit letting the devil lie to you tonight. Just a little bit, thank you. Quit letting the devil lie to us tonight. The devil can't stop us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
want you to get this in your spirit tonight. This is not a playhouse. This is where we come to win spiritual battles and get ready to meet God tonight. We're talking about ever-living, never-dying souls that are going to meet God. You're going to meet Him one day, friend. You need to make sure you're ready. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, tear those idols down. Come on, there's a lion spirit in this service tonight. I rebuke every lion devil in this house tonight. In the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ is the only God. You can't trust in him. He's a liar tonight. You built lies around yourself. You need to tear every lie up that you trusted in and trust God and God only. Quit letting the devil lie to you tonight. He's a liar. Every lion's spirit had burned in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. His word is law tonight. His word is supreme. He is replete in his sovereignty. He will be honored. Praise God. Oh, Oh, let God put love in your heart. Love cast out fear. Really, some of you aren't touched because you're afraid to let go. You need to get rebaptized with the love of God tonight. You need to fall all over with the Lord Jesus Christ who went to the cross for you. When you get love in your heart, you'll lose your fear. You won't be afraid to trust God. You need to love Him with all your heart, with all your soul. Hallelujah. We heard all day this morning about the blood and redemption. We need to be so thankful for his shed blood. He's going to take us to heaven someday.